Good morning, and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. On this Wednesday morning, November 9th, the day after our election, and I'd like to speak a little bit about that and talk about how should we think about this. I think there are some very, very important lessons to take that we want to stand back and look at a big picture related to our country and our lives as believers. So I hope you will take heart from what I have to share today. I think some important things. Well, number one, my feeling, I think a lot of people who were hoping, shall we say, for a red wave are disappointed. And I want to encourage you, the disappointment seems to be from the high expectations. There were quite a few polls out and quite a bit of talk about expectations of some real change. We've been, I don't know about you, I've been unhappy with the crime. I've been unhappy with the the way the economy has been affected by our government policies, gas prices going so high, food prices going so high. Been bothered by the embracing of the uh, the the um, trans and the um, dancers, you know, the male dancers, I'm forgetting their name right now, The that um, have been affecting our kids. This COVID, so many parents have been speaking up, so many about what they're learning, the kids learning in school. There's a lot of things that have been unsettling. And it looked like the people of America were going to rise up and repudiate some of these decisions, say this is extreme. We don't like it. We don't want this, these extreme policies. Well, it didn't materialize. Didn't materialize. I want to encourage you, first of all, take heart. Remember what we said yesterday? Let's just review quickly, and then I'm going to give some thoughts about what happened. Remember I said yesterday that no matter what happened yesterday, Today, we still remember, for this reason, God highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's still true. That was true during the persecution of the Roman Empire. That was true the day after Jesus rose from the dead. That was true during the Holocaust. That was true during the darkest periods of the history of the world, and it's true during the greatest, most happy periods of the history of the world. It's still true. Remember, we've got to be people who fix our hope and our expectation and our faith like a a magnet on the North Pole, shall we say, like a compass pointing north. We need to always stay focused on that, even during the times of disappointment and the times of joy. Remember in, in Luke 11, when when, um, when Jesus' disciples came back from their, their mission trip and they had seen great victories, he said, wonderful, but don't rejoice in this. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. That's something that never changes through the ups and downs of life, through the victories and defeats of life, and we will always have them. Remember, we live in a fallen world. We will always have times of victory and times of defeat. It will never change. There will always be these cycles. And remember, what doesn't change, ever change, is that our names are written in heaven and the love of God and the victory of Jesus Christ. This is what we must set our minds upon. And we're reminded also, as we said yesterday, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we see the blessings that come upon the people, the people who honor God, strong families, healthy, healthy bodies, healthy communities, prosperity, peace, and security. And the greatest blessing, we worship the true God. And the curses, if we neglect that, scattered families, broken families, 
diseases that come upon us, pestilence that comes upon us, poverty and debt, uh, violence, and being overrun by our enemies, foreign enemies, and then finally the, the, the curse that maybe got it all started serving other gods. We've got to remember that this is, this is really where the battle is, and, and not, not one election is going to change all that. Let's not have our hope wrongly placed. But the thing that got me, I read Twitter some this morning, and one thing that struck me was a quote by a tweet by someone I follow who said, uh, the, the takeaway from this election is our country is still incredibly divided and both sides think the other side's insane. Well, it's kind of clever, kind of cute, kind of a little funny, but a lot of truth to it. And so I want to talk for a moment about the division in America and how we as believers, what, what should we be thinking about this? What should we be doing? I think we should, you know, one side believes that when there is division, you cancel anyone you disagree with. You turn against them, you reject them, you, you judge them as insane or evil, and you want nothing to do with them. And this, this is how some people undoubtedly will look at you and me and have, and it's painful when that happens. It's painful when someone you care about cancels you, rejects you, or something of this nature. And it's painful when they do it to us, and it's painful when we do it to them. And so let's be careful, number one, because we're believers. And as believers, because our hope is in Christ, and our hope is in eternity, and our hope isn't all based in this earth, as much as we want to see you know, these blessings come upon us, and we want to all experience them. We want them ourselves. We want them for others. Let's remember that we can rise above the divisions, and we must learn how to do that. But let me tell you something where these divisions are, because one popped up in the exit polling yesterday that I think is important. We've known already that there's a lot of division in our nation, political division and worldview division, how people view the world, how people view our country, how people view their lives and so on. We know there's been divisions along the, the area of race. Certain racial groups uh, don't vote differently. And some political parties exploit this, and they exploit reaching identity groups. Personally, I've been against this. I think we're all individuals. I think we're all brothers and sisters. I don't think we should view our, our, our identity based on skin or race, but rather we need to learn to see who we are on the inside, our character. We, we long for the day when people be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Well, second area of division, I think, that really popped up this, is this area of abortion. This is the issue that will divide America, has divided America, and will continue to divide America for a long, long time until it really gets solved. Why? Two things. Number one, it pits legitimate rights against one another. I've said this before. A lot of people don't want to admit this, but there are le- the right of a woman to control her body is a legitimate right. But the right of the baby to live, the unborn baby to live, is also a legitimate right. And you pit the two against one another. The right of a woman to control her body, the right of the baby to live, two very important rights. In my mind, the right to life trumps the right to control your body. And, and therefore, I'm a pro-lifer. And I believe that the ultimate resp- the, the baseline responsibility of a government is to protect innocent life. 
And if there's none more innocent than a child, an unborn child, it's never done anything wrong. And so this is important. The second reason abortion is going to be a big issue is because people want their sexual freedom. They don't want to live by the moral restraints of Scripture. And most of those people seeking abortion, are they don't want to have a child because they're not married. They, don't have, they, they can't raise them. They're, they're, they, they don't want to have a family. They don't want to have a baby. And so until we come back as a nation, back into honoring the moral restraints of, of Scripture when it comes to sex, the boundaries when it comes to sex, we're going to have—people are going to demand abortion. They want to, have, they want to have sex without the consequence of pregnancy. I've been struck on campus this fall as I've been talking to the students. I, they have grown up in a world— where abortion has always been an option. And because of that, most people, they don't see sex as being about having a child. They just see it as about having pleasure and fun. There was a time in history, it wasn't all that long ago, where if you had a sex, you're, you're very likely to become pregnant and have a child. That's no longer in a person's mindset. They don't even think that way. When I tell people on campus, when I tell the young people sex is for the purpose of reproduction, procreation, they scratch their heads and say, you got to be kidding me. It's not even in their mindset, their worldview. And so until this perception, of, until this changes, and this gets into Romans 1 territory where God gave them over to degrading passions, until we change the way of, of what we see sex is about— shall we say, until we become less hedonistic, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, there will always be a strong desire for abortion, no matter what it means. This is an extremely divisive issue, and it's going to divide our country. I'm just, just a reality. I hope pro-lifers voted with greater zeal and greater numbers than pro-choicers. I hope so. We'll have to wait and see. But I think that was the only issue that the Democrats had going for them, and it seemed to have worked. Third, our country is really divided on an age gap. I saw one exit poll last night that basically people 45 and older voted strongly Republican. People 40 and under, and particularly 30 and under, are you ready for this, between age 18 and 30, voted plus 28 for the Democrats, an astounding number. Everything else was much closer. But that's where a huge difference was. I don't know, perhaps we should understand the difficulty that young people are having today. Maybe the loan forgiveness of the student loan, maybe that made a big difference in that age group. Obviously, abortion makes a big difference. This group, this age group has embraced the LGBT and sex is all about pleasure and nothing about having a family. They have embraced that as a value. And so these are things that this, this younger generation is, has really evidently gone strongly Democrat. I've often thought, you know, it's, it's been said that younger people have often been more on the liberal side until they get married and have families. And you begin to think about life differently when you have a child and establish a family. And this has always been my hope that, that, the older people get, the more conservative they become, more biblical they become, because they think less about just themselves, and they think about their family and their children and the next generation. That's biblical thinking. Um, 
but this is a pretty big gap, maybe the biggest gap we've ever had. And so here's my suggestion. If you're, if you know a younger person, talk to them, don't cancel them, don't reject them, don't write them off. Don't don't say they look different or they do their hair different or they've got a tattoo or a piercing and you don't want to, anything to do with them. Don't write them off. We need to, you know, we grew up in this time, did we not, you know, never trust anyone over 30. And then once you become 30, you, you no longer believe that. And we still have this strong generation gap in our country. When I'm on campus, one thing that I, I tell the students and sometimes I say this right while I'm preaching. I, I say, if you were my son or you were my daughter, this is the advice I'd give you. You'd be surprised how often they quiet down and their ears perk up when they hear me say that. Because so many of them have not had good conversations with their parents. You'd be surprised how many parents are giving their kids marijuana nowadays, giving their kids drugs nowadays, giving their kids all these things, and they, and they are okay with the premarital sex and all this. But to talk to a parent that has some boundaries and some love and some genuine care, so many young people don't have any any um, concept. They don't have an experience of that. And so, my friends, let me suggest this: rather than cancel one another, write people off, or things of this nature, maybe maybe in the next few days, or maybe sometime soon, try and say you'd like to talk to some young people. Ask maybe some children or grandchildren. Ask them some questions, what they're learning, what they're believing, what their favorite movies are, what music they like, what, what do they believe, you know, work into asking what they think and start by listening to them. Start by letting them express themselves. I found if you listen to people, they'll listen to you. And if you open your ears to them a little bit and hear where they're coming from and some of the trials they have, some of the hopelessness they have, some of the ways they that... Let me tell you something. In the sexual revolution, the ones who've been hurt the worst are young people. And they've grown up now, the second, third generation of being grown up, many of them experiencing divorce or without two parents, not even knowing their dad in many cases. Listen to some of these people. Hear what they have to say. And maybe they'll listen to you. And maybe they'll learn from your age and your experience and things you can share. Maybe they'll learn from the scripture. Because the when you think about these issues, not race, but we think about abortion and this youth divide, the big issue, the elephant in the room isn't abortion or isn't even youth. The the elephant in the room is they're not following Christ. They're losing their religion. They're 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 not believers. The rise of the unbelievers and the, the demise of Christian groups on the campuses, the demise of Christian groups in the high schools is so noticeable to me. And so what do we do? I just want to call upon those of us who are a little bit older. Don't give up on the youth. Don't give up on them. Uh, engage them. Talk with them. Listen to them. Maybe have some talks with them. Dare I say, sit down and have a meal with them. If you can, if they're in your own family, so often, ideas are passed along over mealtime. Turn off the TV, turn off the music, turn off the background, have a meal together, sit down together, talk to one another, listen to one another. That's where relationships are built. That's where change happens. As Ronald Reagan once said, all true change in America begins at the dinner table. Let's not neglect that. We can be upset about social media. We can be upset about, we can be upset about all these institutions and what they're teaching, the schools, and so on. But remember, 
It's the dinner table where values are passed on. Don't neglect it and, and, and make sure you make use of it. Amen? Father in heaven, we come to you today with a bit of disappointment that are some expectations some of us had. I know that I had, I'll be honest, some disappointment or expectations I had. But I wanna thank you, Lord, that you're still Lord. You reign, you're above all. This is the place that you, this is the place that gives us hope. And I wanna thank you, Lord, for even our country and people who may think differently than me. And I accept that, Lord, and I don't think they're insane. I don't wanna reject them. I do believe, Lord, ideas matter. I do believe that your truth matters. I do believe your word is important. Father, help us to redouble our efforts to not cancel or divide or turn against people, but rather to, uh, uh, to reach out and to build relationships and to love and to communicate and to listen and to be articulate. We pray, Father, may help us be articulate in sharing truths that come from your word and the common sense of life and the wisdom that comes from a life on the, uh, living on the path of life. I pray for this, Lord. We pray for our country. Lord, I pray for, I just believe, a fresh wake-up call, how divided we are. And I pray that we, Lord, would, would uh, know how to reach out and win people to Christ. I pray for that. And I ask these things. I pray, Lord, for anyone today who's uh, angry or disappointed. I pray, Lord, that, that you just help them put their trust in you. And I pray, Father, again, I think of some, some uh, problem in these elections and some uh, irregularities. I pray they get resolved quickly and the results from yesterday's election will be known soon. We bless you, Lord. We are reminded above all that you're still on your throne and we don't just say that glibly. You know what you're doing and we're dedicated to you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, hey, thanks for being along with me today. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. If you know someone who is discouraged or needs to hear, share this video with them. If you're new today, welcome. We get in the Word of God regularly. We don't talk about politics a lot, but it does. We do believe that Jesus is to be Lord of all of life. And so as, as necessary, as we study the Word of God, talk about the Word of God, we talk about things happening in our world as well. So if you're new, I hope you will join us regularly. Subscribe and notify. Leave a comment below. I read them and I try and respond if I can. And uh, share with your friends. Those who are here every day, be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're, we Again, we live life in the long haul. We have our eyes fixed on the finish line. We realize that life has its ups and it has its downs. We accept that reality. We live in a fallen world. We wish everybody would be saved. They're not. We wish everybody loved Jesus, but they don't. But you know what? We're his ambassadors. We're lights in this world. We want to bring that light wherever we can. Amen. So be encouraged. Be Redouble your efforts to say, who can I reach? Who can I talk to? Who can I share my wisdom with? Who can I share this video with? Who can I uh, reach out to? Who can I love? Remember Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's our marching orders now and us always. Until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, be encouraged, overcome evil with good, be strong in Jesus' name. I love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.